He's blunt, but he's fair. This is Drew Berquist, former counterterrorism officer, realist, and host of This Is My Show, which starts now. All right, here we go. It is Wednesday. It's October 19th. I'm Drew Berkwist. This is my show. Damn glad to be with you. Hope you guys are having a good day, good week. Hump day. Do what you will with that. But excited to spend some time with you. Man, we got a lot to cover today. Do we have that, KJP? Yeah, hang on. It it it, it like erased, and I was trying to get it in before the end of the no, you're good. intro. We'll, we'll so pull it in. It we, oh, there's, <laughs> there's KJP. I hit the wrong button and erased everything. <laughs> mm. Here's what Kareem Jean-Pierre had to say. Hang on a second. I'm trying to. There we go. All right. Here we go. Uh, we've had success, as you know, Peter, with bringing Americans home from Russia, from Afghanistan. Have you, though? So if I'm not mistaken, first of all, the WNBA player that no one cares about is still over there. But if I'm not mistaken... It sounds like KJP was celebrating leaving over a thousand Americans in Afghanistan, tens of thousands of Afghan partners in the war-torn country. And in fairness, in fairness to KJP, to our token press secretary, it is well less than that now. Those numbers are down because for over a year now, the Taliban have been hunting and killing these people systematically, graphically. So I guess, again, the figures are down. But that's kind of what she's saying. We've been doing that. Like, are you just going to skirt over the biggest international blunder of our lifetimes, if not, if not history? I love it. Describing it as a, as a success. Well, well they, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is they don't see it as a failure. It was the greatest up. airlift in American history. <laughs> like, it just, I mean, remember, remember Joe's like, there's going to be no helicopter over the embassy. Yes. <laughs> Okay, you shouldn't have said that at all because no. you know the second after that, it's like it's happening. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Again, you don't get credit for like, did you see us get all those people into life rafts when you intentionally <laughs> crashed the boat? You don't get to take credit for that, but they continue well, to do so. It's yeah, it's it's uh, hey, gas prices have gone down. Yeah, but you got it to the all time high, so now yes, as it goes back to where it was, it is getting lower, and you're and <laughs> it's only going low because you're depleting our national reserves to a record <sighs> level. And you're doing it because the midterms are coming up and you're scared because all of your policies have failed. Everyone hates you and wants to move on. And you need that little talking point. But I digress. We've talked about that before. A lot to get in today. We got Pelosi, who had some interesting comments about Joe Biden. Actually, she had two interesting comments. I don't know why I chose to do it this way. Um, I'm not like a UT Hook'em Horns fan. Uh, but we've got some it's more. Because the, there's, there's, it's Pelosi, Biden, and then Pelosi again. You know, you it the, is. There, it's, it's, she's it's bookending. A, she's bookending a block for us today. So if you need to get a vomit bag, now would be the time to do so. You've been warned. Uh, We've got some more Biden gaffes today. He took the stage yesterday. Gosh, it it just didn't go well. It didn't go well yet again. Carrie Lake, however, things did go well for her. Man, she, she shined. Again, we'll show you what we're talking about. And Putin declared martial law in four annexed regions. The four, the, the key four, you know, the four that he just annexed. Last month. So we'll talk about all that and booze and banter today. We're going to talk to Tulsi Gabbard, who's got a new show, sharing a little bit more reason, which is great. Our military, this this not great, particularly as we're on the brink of world war. Our military 
got its lowest grade in terms of preparedness ever. Ever since we've, we've been tracking this. We'll break it down by service in booze and banter, get into some other news that's developed during the day. That'll all be over on Locals. You can go to drewberkwist.locals.com. Get yourself an account. That's where, we, that's where we spend booze and banter. All right. The bell tells us what time it is. It is time for question of the day. And look, this is, this is not an easy one, okay? This is not an easy one. You're eating Mexican food. I don't care if you put steak in it, chicken, just beans and cheese, whatever. Suit your, however, whatever suits your fancy. But the question is this, in what form do you want it? Do you want it as a taco? Do you want it as a burrito? Or do you want it as an enchilada? Don't come up with the, I want an well, empanada add, or a salad or this, that. No, no, no. Don't we'll go say, healthy. Should we add a fourth one like nachos? Like nachos, nachos style? Nachos are so good. No, no, no. Let's, let's stick with no? the question. Okay. All right. We've got we've to teach the people to stick to the question. So send in your response as you do. Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at My Patriot Supply. Friends, are you prepared for widespread food uh, shortages ahead? And, and frankly, some of them are already here. We've been, farmers have been warning about this for a long time, but the question is, are people listening? By the way, it's not just food shortages from all the disastrous policies. It's also what's coming and hopefully preventable, but might not be with the war. But the farmers getting back to them, they say it's beyond their control, especially with the fertilizer crisis. Bottom line, food shortages will be a harsh reality very soon. That's why you should get ready now with emergency food from My Patriot Supply. And good news, today you will save 20% on their best-selling three-month food kit. These kits provide delicious, easy-to-make breakfasts, lunch, dinners, drinks, snacks for one person for three solid months. Get one for each member of your family while you're able to save 20%. During this timely sale, remember, My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest preparedness company with millions of families already protected. These three-month food kits with average of 2,000 calories per day are in stock. They're ready to go. They ship fast. They ship free. And it arrives in unmarked boxes. All you have to do is follow the the link on the screen there. Go to survivewithdrew.com. Those who know what's coming are already prepared. Prepared are you, is the question. Are you prepared enough? Again, go to survivewithdrew.com. All right, let's get to our answers and see what people are saying. Josh says taco. F News comes in with taco. Holly tacos. Shelby says, if I'm eating out, I want fajitas. Okay, but we didn't give that option. So but that, but that's that's technically a taco. It's, it's a taco. Yeah, we'll call it a taco. Okay. Yeah. Good, good, fair point. Build point. yourself. I, I agree. Build your own. Build Shelby. your own taco. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna call that taco, 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 taco. Floyd coming in with burrito, as does Jeff. Shirley comes in with taco with all the toppings. Holly says tacos are a staple. Definitely deep fried tacos, which are delightful. Raven six. Oh no, Drew's going to talk about Tulsi Gabbard. Not till booze and banter. Not till booze and banter. But we will. June says I make burritos. Not a fan of eating out. I'm very prepared. Da, 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 da. Seafood enchilada says Connie. A very specific answer from Connie over on YouTube. Enchiladas, burrito, taco, taco. Lots of tacos. Lots of tacos. Okay. What do we see here on, on Rumble Taco, Burrito, Fajita? People did say nachos since you confused them, Disco. And <laughs> But it seems like Taco has the win. You know, lots of answers. Lots of answers streaming in. Um, 
Sarah just says, I love it all. Taco, burrito, doesn't matter. Just put some good stuff in a tortilla or a shell and eat it. Um, I, I kind of agree. I like them all too. If we're being honest, is there really much of a difference? We're talking about a no. different shape and slightly different experience. Yes, but all the thing. I mean, everything is going into your stomach and out the. the I don't, you guys get how how that works, but but it's <laughs> that's how food works. That's yes. how food works. <laughs> Just in case you, know. you didn't know, yeah. Drew is not a Drew is not a, do- a doctor or anything. So you know he. You know. <laughs> yes. No. Not a doctor. Not a um, nutritionist. None of those things. Um, yeah, but I think uh, what are you going with Disco? See, it's hard for me because it's what do you have like what what do I if 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 like oh they have really good shrimp then I want tacos because I love shrimp tacos. But if there's like a good like pulled pork or you know beef or maybe I want it in a burrito, I don't know. So it's really it depends on where I'm going and what I want. But I would say my go to would probably be a taco. That's I think like so. you know I think so too. I think so, yeah. too. Here's why. Because if your burrito loses integrity, you know, you eat an enchilada with the fork. So you're not hand, you know, you're not get, getting all in there with an enchilada, which is which is nice. And, and you could say is a reason for it being the winner. A taco. Yes, you can lose stuff out the sides and it can start to, to break apart. But if a burrito loses its integrity, you're done. You're definitely going well, to fork mode. It's it's no longer yeah. the same burrito experience. Now, some people get those big ass burritos that you need to use a fork with anyways. I'm totally down with that. But yeah. like for me, it's if, if I'm going to Chipotle, I'll get the burrito bowl, but with a tortilla on the bottom, start eating with chips. And then once it gets small enough, fold it up into a burrito and then eat it. So you kind of get like well, the two experiences, you know. Floyd Kaufman on Facebook says, I'm pretending to be a Democrat, so I'm voting again burrito. I love it. I love it. Yeah, vote as many times if you want, if you're if you got a little D or a, a blue check mark on your on your deal. Okay, let's get into today's news and what we're going to discuss. And I told you that Pelosi, we have got a couple clips of Pelosi. We'll start with one, we'll go to Joe, and then we'll come back to her. But she boasted about Biden yesterday. And imagine, not all of her words are understandable necessarily, but imagine saying these words out loud. But in some cases, there's no substitute for experience. And I think that what we have been through with the legislation under the leadership of President Biden, who has done a spectacular job, he's had a better two years than most uh, presidents that you can name, certainly in the recent generations. Uh, What? I wish we had a soundbite. Say what? (laughs) A better two years than most presidents you can name. I can. You know what? Let's do this. Let's take the inverse of that and just name every president who's ever served, no matter the conditions in this country or the world, and they've all done a much, much better job than this guy, who is, without a doubt, the worst president in the history of this country, and maybe the worst leader in the history of the world. I know something, oh, that's harsh. No, is it, though? I mean, check your bank account. Matilda, I like it that you read our comment. Hey, this is a community. Come for the show. Stay for the community. We love to engage with everyone across all the platforms. Uh, We're just grateful all of you guys are here. Continue to engage with each other as we continue on here. But, I mean, literally, did anyone understand what Lady Shubley was trying to say there? Other than just the the pure lies? Like, I know she's trying to give the vegetable in chief a compliment. But her answer was like an answer that you would see on cops when an officer says, how many beers have you had tonight? It just, it's not... She sounds like a total crackhead. Her answer, like most Democrats, is a bunch of words that do, in fairness, form sentences, 
but they just don't actually say anything. There's no substance to it whatsoever. That's just what they do. I wish, and I say this all the time, and I, and I really do, even though I despise Democrats, I despise how they view the world, what they want for the world, I wish for the love of God that they would just say what you mean. Like say, hey, here's the deal. We believe in centralizing power in D.C. We believe that there should be no more elections, that we should just determine how things go. We believe in abortion up until like age 10, give or, give or so, maybe into their early tweens. We believe in banning guns. Just lay it out there. Just tell us how you feel, because most of us know now. But it's gotten so remarkable how they still double down and lie about it. I would have so no, much more they... respect. Like, if this is who you are, tell, tell me. I studied Marx. I'm this. I'm that. I hate you. I hate this country. Vote for me if you agree. And if you agree with them, shame on you. But, but at least you know what you're getting. They just lie through their teeth. It's so ridiculous. But then that would be them showing them that they're just as bad as the terrorists that are out there. I mean, when I started, when I first met you and then Stretch and all that, and you guys would tell me how, like, you know, the the Taliban and all of them, they killed off the, the younger age so there would be no fighting force. I mean, so there was, like, no one our age is, you back. know, alive at, at, to push back. And, it, and so <laughs> that's horrible, right, <laughs> that they did that. But that's how bad the Democrats would sound and look if yeah. they were to come out and say those things. And it, it, it would they know that. So, of course, they're not going to say that out loud because, like, well, no, we're we're fighting these guys over, you know, over the over yonder that doing the same thing that we think is good. You we know, like in yonder. I love that. I love that word, <laughs> yeah. by the way. I was going to say over the pond, but that's that's Europe. So I can't say well, that's you know. what we say. We always say, you know, yeah. But anyways, no, I mean, it's a good point, but they won't do it. So they just make stuff up. They can't articulate any ideas. And speaking of not being able to articulate any ideas, let's go to Joe's event yesterday and walk through what he said, including statements like this one right here. The right that I pushed hard and it finally got changed, the married couples in the privacy of their bedroom, excuse me, the I'm thinking about the Dobbs, the Dobbs decision. Imagine, well, I'll get to that in a second. What? I mean, did you hear that? Let me repeat what Goo Brain said there. took me for a, a turn there. Like, what? <laughs> he said, quote, <laughs> the right that I pushed hard and finally got changed to marry couples in the privacy of their bedroom before he realized, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm talking about. Tried to fix what he was talking about and then could not fix what he was talking about. So just said, well, I'll come back to that later, which, of course, he didn't. Well, congratulations, Joe, because according to what you just said there, people can now get married in their own bedrooms. Quite the accomplishment, big guy. Quite the, he should be proud. Maybe that's why Pelosi was saying he's accomplished more in the first two years than any president in recent, recent memory. Maybe that's what she was alluding to. I don't know. But, but who more. was the president that, that made uh, uh, gay marriage legal? Who was the president? Yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head. Someone it was Trump. Chad does. Trump did it. Was it? Remember? It was no. a big deal. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I don't remember. I don't. Hey, correct know. me if I'm wrong. C correct me if I'm wrong. If you guys remember, but I, I thought it was. I thought it was Trump. It was like a big thing. It was a big deal. I think deal. it was before then. I, but 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 I might I might totally be wrong. I'm not. I don't track game as much as it might surprise you. I'm not. I don't track that. Or <laughs> you the, don't the legal <laughs> stuff surrounding it. Um, but there's more. Biden wasn't done. 
So he, 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 he says that, stops himself to try and fix it, can't fix it, just ends up basically quitting on his thoughts. And then does the rest of his talk, right? And he ended his little gaff-ridden speech this way. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> why, why did he end the speech with, I'm sorry, after saying, God protect our troops? It's either uh, was a hostage video, and he's just finally like screaming out for help. I'm sorry, I'm saying everything <laughs> I'm they're sorry. telling me to. Or, or, it's because Democrats hate God. And Joe being the reptilian grifter that he is, he got to give this speech in front of this crowd and then realized, oh crap, I made a mistake. I invoked God with people here who hate God. If you're a Democrat politician, you better take that kind of commentary elsewhere. I don't know. Again, could be that, could be a hostage video. But thank you, well, I'm sorry, doesn't make... I mean, that, that, like, like, like not making fun of him. He's my guy. He lives with us. You know, we have done everything to save and preserve his life. But that's the kind of thing that Chaffee would say. You know, kind of in broken English. Thank you, I am sorry. Like, like at which point we, we, you know, gently lead him back to... Correct English. Sorry. And he, and he, and he, exactly. Um, are you sorry? Well, um, like Ginger said, I mean, may, maybe the, it was something that was honest. And hey, maybe he's tired. I met those uh, years ago. I was working for Telemundo, six months on a show, didn't have like a day off. It was awful. It was with the same guy the entire six months. And it was the, the finale. We were done. We were wrapping up. I was exhausted. Was getting him in his limo. Was like, hey, George, like, you know, awesome. Like, I'll, you know, see you next season. See you later. And as I was closing the door, I was like, love you and close the door. And then the limo just pulled off and I was just standing there like frozen because I just realized <laughs> I said, love you. I mean, and then I'm like, I'm like, he, he didn't hear that. And then like five minutes later, he texts me. He's like, love you, bro. Like, ah, like <laughs> I'm so, so embarrassed. But it was just, it was, you know, hey, you know, like it was at the end of the day, like, yeah, yeah I spent six months with him. I love that guy. He's awesome. He's an awesome dude. But it was just like, that's not what I wanted to say when I closed not the what door. I try, yeah. It's not, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just came out. Uh, Raven Six says, sorry to the troops he's about to involve in Ukraine. Possibly. There's lots of things he needs to be, uh, to be sorry about and lots of things that all of us collectively will be sorry about. It's ridiculous, but let's go on with this uh, next little gem of presidential stranger danger where he did this.
All right. So why was that so cringeworthy? Why was that like, (laughs) well, there's lots of reasons as everyone's saying, definitely a creep, definitely a pedo, but like, all right, one quick thought real quick before it escapes my mind, which it will, because I, I, I move on fast. I like that song. But you hear it sunset at the beginning, and then they just build it back up and play it again. Can we get a different, like, like let's move on. And then they eventually stop and go to a different song. Like, there are other songs. There are other songs. But all that to say, did, have you ever held someone's hand that long or had your hand be held that long? He would not let, girl, go, uh, let go excuse me, of that girl's hand. He's still, I mean, he's moved on from talking to her and is still just holding on tight. Hi, hi, how are you? How are you? How are you? No, I'm not letting go of this one. She's in distress being overpowered by brute aftershave and dentine. It's, it's, it's crazy. He's like an alligator who grabs its prey, swims around, spins it to the bottom before they sink, sink down to the bottom and devour it. She's like, okay, you can let go now. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. President, you're scaring me. But the more we see him interacting with women, the easier it is to believe whistleblowers like Tara Reid, right? I mean, who most of us believed in the first place. But you've got her who claims she was raped. And by the way, the, the Biden DOJ and IRS have gone out of their way to ruin her life, Tara's life, and anyone who might employ her. But he's a, I mean, this, this dude is just beyond, creep doesn't do it justice. He's a vindictive son of a bitch who showered with his daughter. But circling back to Pelosi, said we'd bookend it to here. Like, she started the block. She's going to finish this particular block before we move on and get to some other stories. But she also said this very Democrat thing here. Take a listen to this. Which is leader, lead, members of your own caucus, Lisa Slotkin and Abigail Spanberger, they're, they're in tough districts. I know yeah. they're in tough fights. But... They're talking about generational change because all the leadership being over 80, you know, yeah. the president is, is, you know, also, yeah. if reelected, going to be in that category. So let's talk about what Lisa Slotkin said on Meet the Press. I want to play that for you. I have been very vocal, including with my own leadership in the House, that we need a new generation. We need new blood, period, across the Democratic Party, in the House, the Senate, and the White House. I, I, I think that the country has been saying that. So what do you say to your own caucus, to these young members? They're you know, obviously in tough fights, but they want to see the change. I say just win, baby. Just win. If that's what you have to say to win, fine. And we will not in any way do anything but totally supportive, mobilization-wise, uh, message-wise, money-wise. Uh- Just win, baby. Say whatever you've got to say. Those, those are her words. Who, I mean, who cares if you believe it, right? Just say it. You don't have to actually mean it. Just say it so we can win and we can keep power. That's the Democrat way. That's the Democrat way. But specifically to Pelosi, she made the worst deal of her political career, which has you know, been going since the first Civil War, when she supported the left-wing fringe of the Democrat Party. She opened the door to communists because she wanted to use their radical violence to her advantage. But what she didn't realize, and she's realizing now, is that these commies will eventually come for you. 
And that's what we're witnessing now. That's what we're witnessing now for sure. She's trying to placate them, and she acts like she supports them. But Lady Shebley knows in her heart, she knows deep down that she embraced hate, and she's just a means to an end for these people. These are the same people who staged a sit-in in Pelosi's office, the same ones who have shut her down at several press conferences. So her and, and her colleagues have made this deal and they're realizing now what a, what a big mistake they made. And it's interesting to see. It's not fun to see because it's a bad thing for our country. But it's, it's very interesting to see. But moreover, I just, you know, back to the, the general comment that she said. You should never say that out loud as a politician. We all know that's how you feel. What do you make of them saying things that differ from, from you and your views? I support them saying whatever it takes to win, and we'll support them, even if they don't believe it. It's sick. It's sick. All right, everyone, we got a lot more to cover. Everyone smash that like button, whichever platform you're on. It's the plus sign over on Rumble. It is the boxing glove if you're on the Rumble app. You know how to do it on YouTube, or you should hit that like button. Please continue to engage. Make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you are still subscribed on Rumble because, or excuse me, on YouTube because they unsubscribe you and they've unsubscribed literally tens of thousands of people. What they do to this channel on a daily and weekly basis is criminal, yet nothing is done to stop it. So please make sure that you're still subscribed there so you can get notifications. Make sure you're subscribed to Rumble, following the page, Facebook, all those things, wherever you are, continue to engage with the community. We love our community. We engage more than any show out there with the community. It's a pleasure and a just an awesome thing um, for us to get to experience, and I love doing it. So please continue to do that. We've got a lot more to cover. We'll be right back after this quick break. Watching what's happening in the world today? Global pandemic, dramatic stock market volatility, trade wars with China, U.S. debt piling up, banks charging negative interest rates, the Fed printing money again. World economies are poised for a major freefall. In 2008, many Americans lost a large portion of their retirement savings. Fortunately, those who were protected invested in physical gold and silver. Historically, when the stock market has crashed, gold and silver have increased in value and have protected investors from crippling losses. You see, gold and silver can act like an insurance policy. For decades, savvy investors have taken advantage of an IRS loophole that allows one to add physical gold, silver, or other precious metals to their retirement savings. What else can physical gold and silver do for you? Privatize your savings. With banking and online financial systems alone, you really only have paper currency and bank receipts. At GoldCo, we're here to help you protect and grow your life savings. Our specialists assist you in two ways. One, buying physical gold and silver direct. Two, facilitating the transfer or rollover from your existing retirement account into a self-directed IRA. Our process is fast, easy, and no cost to you. There are three simple steps to setting up a self-directed IRA. First, we help you open your new IRA account with a quick application. 
Second, you'll choose how you would like to fund it. Third, we'll help you select the metals that best fit your investment goals and ship them to your account. That's it. With more than a decade of experience and thousands of satisfied customers, the Gold Co. team remains committed to helping individuals like you safeguard and grow their retirement savings. Be sure to sign up at Locals for both free and exclusive content from Drew Berquist. Head over to drewberquist.locals.com and join the community today. All right, so make sure you do go to DrewLovesGold.com. Great partners there, great supporters of the show, and it's a smart thing for you guys to do. But, you know, there's there's maybe, there's probably more than this. But for the sake of conversation, I'm going to say there's two people that whenever I see them in front of the camera, I stop whatever I'm doing, and I get ready to listen, and I get ready to be schooled. And that's Ric Flair, and that's Carrie Lake. And since Ric Flair's not running for governor yet, I don't know, we're not making any kind of announcement on that. But since he's not running for governor of Arizona, let me say, let's hear what Carrie Lake had to say about all the fake news and all this continued conversation about denying elections when they try and say it's only been her and no one else. Take a listen. I'm actually shocked you asked that question. <laughs> well, actually, answer. I have to give you a tough one once in a while. <laughs> I, I did a little, actually, Anthony. Anthony, how old are you? 20. Are you a journalist? No. Well, you did better research than half these people. Um, let's talk about election deniers. Here's 150 examples of Democrats denying election results. Oh, wow, look at this. This is from, this is from uh, Joe Biden's press secretary. Reminder, Brian Kemp stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams. Democrats saying that. Is that an election denier? Oh, look at this. Just heard Republican Ryan Costello said it would be difficult for Stacey Abrams to win because she lost her state bid, but yet she's still claiming she never lost. This is outright Hillary Clinton. Trump is an illegitimate president. Is she an election denier? This one says, was the 2016 election legitimate? It now definitely is a question worth asking. That's the Los Angeles Times. So it's okay for Democrats to question elections, but it's not okay for Republicans. It's a crock of BS. Every one of you knows it. We have our freedom of speech, and we're not going to relinquish it to a bunch of fake news propagandists. If you want a copy of these, I'm sure that we're, Anthony would help you get a copy and help you learn how to be journalists, but look it up. It's been happening for a long time. Since 2000, people have questioned the legitimacy of our elections. And all we're asking is that in the future, we don't have that have to happen anymore. When I'm governor, excuse me, when I'm governor, we're going to make sure we have honest elections. We want the Democrats, the independents, and the Republicans to all know that their vote counted. We want fair, honest, and transparent elections. And we're going to deliver that for the people. But just remember, guys, this is one page after Hillary Clinton says George W. Bush was selected president, not elected. So let's start, if you're going to start throwing around terms like election denier, let's remember who the other election deniers were, Hillary Clinton and all the Democrats. Next question. I love it. I mean, honestly, we, I get questions about her all the time. We discuss her a lot, particularly in booze and banter, I feel like. 
But the more I hear her speak, the more I see her out there doing things, the more I love her. I just do. And, and again, in the beginning, I wasn't 100% sold. I wasn't like totally anti either. I just wasn't totally sold, you know, because you didn't know much about her. She's a news anchor. She says some things that maybe are to, to others outlandish. Maybe she's not everyone's cup of tea. And she's kind of like, well, okay, is this, is this an electable person? But man, the more she talks, the more she gets out there. She, she is a stone cold killer. She is a rising star in the Republican Party. And she was part of the propagandist media. Saw through it. Has called them out left and right on their BS, left for it. And it's so, it's so funny. The media acts like little weaklings when people out for their crap, call them out for their crap, which she always does. And it's just amazing. I enjoy the hell out of it. And Trump, Trump, look, Trump was right. Like Trump, don't like Trump. What he did for our country in terms of the economy, what he did for our country in terms of the border, what he did for our country in terms of foreign policy, so many other things were good for everyone. If you can't see through to, to get to that point, you're looking at the wrong sources. You're not paying attention. But the other thing that he was right on, without a shout of a doubt, was that the media is the enemy of the people. Because they are. They're just proxies. They're just a tool, a weapon of the Democrat Party. And they believe as such they've been so emboldened and so empowered, more than ever, over, particularly over the last six years, that they now really do believe that they are the only arbiters of truth and that they cannot be questioned by anyone. So I love it. Keep doing it, Carrie Lake. I do. A couple of you guys have commented, you know, she's doing well out there. I think she's going to win. We're going to show you her opponent here in a second. But <clears throat> I absolutely love that. Oh, you, oh, you're, you're saying that we're the only ones doing this and it's a, it's a cause for concern? Give me the receipts. Give me the receipts. How about, boom. I love it. How, how do you she push? She should have ended. She should have ended on Anthony can teach you how to be a journalist and just walked off. Yes, that exactly. He'll be doing a, a impromptu, uh, you know, a little uh, bagged lunch session here when we're done. <laughs> <clears throat> it's amazing. So <clears throat> I understand why Casey Hobbs, I mean, Karen Hobbs or Roscoe Hobbs, whatever the hell, the, the name doesn't matter because Carrie Lake is going to curb stomp her like a snitch at a biker rally. I understand why she doesn't want to debate. But let's listen again, because this keeps coming up in conversation. Let's listen again what she had to say about her rationale for not debating Carrie Lake in a gubernatorial, you know, uh, traditional thing that everyone does and always has done. Take a listen. And so for me, this debate about debates is over. I am looking forward to not only this conversation, but I've been making the case to voters with reporters uh, in different forums where um, there's the opportunity for a very in-depth dialogue about the issues. Uh, but standing up to your opponent is, is one aspect of leadership. And you didn't debate in the primary either against Marco Lopez. And I don't think he would have made a spectacle, as, as you suggested Carrie, like, Carrie Lake might have. Why no debates this go-round? You know, I was focused in the primary on what we needed to do, the to, do to win this election in November. And uh, the voters overwhelmingly chose me in that race. And I think that shows that, you know, the debate wasn't an issue there. And I think right now it's a distraction. Okay. 
first of all, I, I don't get this this thing that people do with particularly in this case middle aged women trying to act like they're in their thirties. It's just it's just not a good look. It's sad and pathetic. Just be you. But did you pick up on, of course, being a Democrat, it comes, it's just like part of the package deal. Like it's the base package that every Democrat comes with. You can do add-ons if you want. But the smug, elitist attitude of hers. She's your typical leftist who thinks she's better than everyone. And you can tell that in the way she talks down with that vocal fry voice of hers. Vocal fry is like when you talk kind of like this, like, I'm better than you are. I know better because I went to college. Like a valley girl. It's like kind of like a valley girl, girl almost. Like, and yeah. you're going to have to pay for my degree. And you just shut up and I'll tell you what's good for you because I have a gender studies degree. Like, it's just I'm better than you. You're not. You kind of drag on these words. But at the end of the day, it's clear as day that Katie Hobbs is just a weak, ill-qualified communist. And she's unwilling to debate Carrie Lake, because she knows, we all know, look, the Democrats know, and this is 100% why they're not doing it, she knows she'll be trounced. These people, and her in particular, Katie Hobbs in particular, are weak, bigoted piece of craps. They're just a, they're a drag on our society. And it's not just Democrats. I'd throw McConnell and Lindsey Graham and Mitt Romney and some of these other rhinos in there, too. But she has no substance. She's a, she's a vapid. I mean, she's just a vacuous mannequin who just repeats talking points. She doesn't know anything. She reminds me of Kamala, which is not a good thing, by the way. She just talks in circles. And like I mentioned it even earlier in the show, they, they, they use words to make sentences. And it kind of seems like, oh, did she say something there? Let me break this down. But as you break it down, the answer is no. All the words that were just pieced together there mean absolutely nothing. But that's the beauty about being a Democrat, right? You don't have to have any substance. You don't have to bring any value. You don't have to be a person of character. And the commie sheep will still vote for you, thinking that you're some sort of leader when you're clearly not. You're just not. Name a Democrat leader out there, someone who's got not their title, who's actually a leader who has leadership characteristics there isn't one now you could go to the past and find some democrats who had some good qualities and traits that maybe you disagreed with on certain issues but you can't find that now they don't exist they're all weak spineless pieces of crap they're just not good speaking of weak spineless pieces of crap you had val demings square off against marco rubio who i'm not a massive fan of marco but they squared off in a debate. You've got to vote. If you live in Florida, you've got to vote for Marco. You can have concerns and issues with him. But you have to vote red across the ticket in 20 days. So much depends on it. But they squared off, Val Demings and Marco, in a debate last night. And one of the Democrat talking points has, has been that black people don't know how to get IDs and therefore they can't vote, which we all know is BS and, and also very racist which is remarkable. I think all of us here can agree that every black person that I know, you know, has an ID. And to make the claim that they don't know how to get one is categorically absurd. It's just the Democrats' soft bigotry of low expectations. But they get into this, and they get into this particular topic, Val and Marco. Here's what little Marco had to say. 
don't know who the rich are because my dad was a bartender at banquets and my mom was a janitor, so we have that in common. And I will tell you this much. I've never denied an election, ever. I've never said a election. I'm not like Stacey Abrams in Georgia that denied her election. I've never denied an election. I think in Florida, I think in Florida, we have great election laws, but I think elections have to have rules. And Congresswoman Deming supported this effort to have a federal takeover of elections. What would that look like? You can't ask for ID. You have to ask for ID to get into her neighborhood where she lives, and that you have every right to have that. You, you, but you can't ask for it when they vote. First of all, is it, can we pull up the beginning of that clip again, Disco? Is it just me? Yeah, you just do it right, freeze frame right there. Is it just me, or is that moderator look kind of like Lurch from the Adams Family? Just sitting there like a dud, totally <laughs> expressionless. <laughs> it was like he was just wheeled out of the morgue and propped up on the stage. Come on, WPBF, do better. Put a little makeup on your moderator. He's going to need you to, to stand there and <laughs> not move. I mean, make him look like he hasn't been dead for a century. Like, can you, can you see the strings holding him up? It's just weird. But to the actual debate, <laughs> little Marco is right. Democrats want to federalize all elections. They've said those words out loud. That's not me speculating. That's not me saying what I think they want. This is what they've said. This is what they've proposed in legislation, which thankfully has been shot down. But they, they want them federalized so they can manipulate them. Because their power play is to centralize everything in D.C. We talk about it all the time, and it's true. And we all know how that would work out for the rest of us. Not well. D.C. is the most corrupt place on earth. Look at the John Durham trials that have been happening. Each one of them has been acquitted. Democrats truly, deep down in their core, in their soul, believe that Americans are stupid and that we can't see through their bullshit that they're trying to get away with. But thankfully, a lot more have. A lot more have woken up and saying like, oh, this doesn't seem right. They've always wanted control over the populace, though. And they've always wanted to have this subservient class, which is why I always say, whether you're Republican or Democrat, it is truly us versus them. These awful people who reside in D.C., these awful people who reside in big money, big corporations, big tech, the mainstream media, there are two teams. And they've done a great job of dividing the country into making us think it's, it's blue versus red or this versus that. It's us versus them. It always has been. It always will be. But that's, that's what they, they do. And that's why they in, invented slavery. And yes, reminder, they've always been the culprits, the Democrats, behind segregation and slavery. That's why the other half created, that's why we have the Republican Party. So we could fight against Democrats and their lust for slavery. These guys have not changed since the Civil War. They just hide things better. And on the actual point, little Marco made a great point when he pointed out that you need to show an ID to get into Val Deming's neighborhood. That's a lights out, mic drop moment. Deuces. And it's the same. I mean, you don't even have to get, go that far. We've had to get to that point. but. The whole conversation with this the, the, the past several years has been, you need it for an airplane, you need it for this, you need it for, I mean, you need it for a million things. And all of these elitists aren't going to let you anywhere near them without having a background check and showing your ID and this, that, and the other. So he's Fine, shot. You know what? Hey, if, the, if the certain states want to want to um, <clears throat> have it to where you don't need a, an ID, fine. Let's save up some money get a bunch of buses and get a bunch of us on there and just show up to every district in all the states and just vote, 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 vote. They're going to want to change it then. Yeah, exactly. After that happens. Yeah. No, exactly. 
oh, this backfired quickly. And then they'll be like, we see, we told you you needed ID. That's literally how they play the game. It's maddening. All right, guys, one more thing we're going to touch on before we head on over to Booze and Banter on Locals. But real quick, please head on over to my pillow. There's all sorts of amazing new products there. You can get up to 66% off just by using promo code Drew, and you can get your best night's sleep. So you support a great American company. You support the show. You get a nice, comfy sleep. Who doesn't love that? Who doesn't win from that? We all do is the answer, I'll tell you. So head on over to MyPillow.com. Use promo code Drew to save up to 66%. We're so grateful for our partnership and sponsorship with them. They're great people. We have tons of their products at home and love every one of them. In fact, we're about to redo portions of the bedroom, and we're going to get even more of their stuff. So you can do it too. Share it with your friends, your family. It's MyPillow.com. Use promo code Drew. Save up to 66%. With the way you phrased that, like, uh, you know, oh, like, you'll feel better. You'll have a better night's sleep. I feel like MyPillow could do, like, those Snicker commercials where it's like, just go lay down. <laughs> and then when they wake <laughs> up, they're not Joe Pesci anymore yes. or whatever, you know. Like, <laughs> that, you know. It's you know it's right. You get a good night's sleep. You're better the next day. You know absolutely. You get out of the shower. Like with my pillow. Yeah, with my pillow, you wake up on the right side of the bed every morning. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, we should get that. We'll get that. Um, yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll pass that on to them. Um, you're welcome. Um, so Putin declared. We're not going to go super deep in this, but Putin declared martial law yesterday in the four regions of Ukraine that Moscow and and the Putin administration annexed and gave additional emergency powers to the heads of all regions of Russia. So he didn't further go on to say what they were going to do with this new decree, uh, but he said, we're working to solve very difficult, large-scale tasks to ensure Russia's security and safe future to protect our people. Those who are on the front lines or undergoing training at firing ranges and training centers should feel support and know that they have our big, great country and unified people behind their back. The upper house of Russia's parliament was set to quickly seal Putin's decision, this according to AP, to impose martial law in the annexed uh, Donetsk, Kherson, Luhansk, and uh, I never know how to say the last one, Zaporozhye regions. Um, so, but it's going to apparently include some restrictions on travel, public gatherings, tighter censorship, broader authority for law enforcement agencies, all the things that you kind of expect with martial law. So it's something interesting to see. Then on that front... On that front, the U.S. military was was tracking and intercepted two Russian bombers as we, you know, are in Cold War II. Again, I'd kind of argue the Cold War never ended, but we're in Cold War II, potentially World War III, none of which good, by the way. Uh, we intercepted two Russian bombers flying off the Alaskan coast on Monday earlier this week. And what's interesting is, and I just bring it up because, look, there's routine operations. Because they, they, basically the U.S. military came out and said, hey, it was not, um, what was there? It is not seen as a threat, nor is the activity seen as provocative. So that's, that, that was the U.S. response to this. But how about instead, here, my, only, my only point with this is how about in saying, instead of saying there was no threat, we call this routine operations. Because, folks, and even that's not, I mean, like, there's flaws in that, right? This might have been a routine operation for Russia. They might have done similar things before. All that, sure, got it, I, I understand. But we're in a different scenario now, right? A much different, where all, all acts of training, all exercises, all this stuff is a buildup for potential armed conflict. 
I just, I, I, again, I get that we all do these things, right? We all test each other. We test lines. We do routine operations. And, and I get trying to settle people down and not get them panicked, which, which you should do. And I'm not saying people should panic about this either. I think it's pretty routine. But for them to just say it's no threat, there's no, you know, provocation, there was no nothing. I just think it's kind of weird when you're, when you're on the brink of war and you're real. I mean, we've got people on the ground there fighting. We're not saying that, but you're, you're, you're involved in this proxy war that could escalate to a lot more. And then you're just like, eh, no big deal. No big deal. But, you know, again, were they going to bomb us? No, they're, they're determining lines. They're doing routine operations and evaluating our response. Like people are always going to do, but just totally dismissing it and saying it's normal during the times that we are in right now, I don't think is the responsible or, or realistic thing to, to do either. So anyways, we'll talk about that. The, the biggest concern I have with all of this beyond where we are in terms of the climate, what's happening in Russia, Ukraine, what's happening in, in, in China with, with Xi Jinping's decree earlier this week, new threats on Taiwan, yada, 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 lots of serious stuff, right? Iran, North Korea, you name it. There's problems everywhere. The biggest... The biggest problem is our, is our leaders back here, leaders, finger parents, our policies back here, and the state of our military. The newest grade that came out on our military, and specifically as it pertains to preparedness, for all four, for all four branches, if you include Space Force 2, then, then more than the main four, are awful. The worst we've ever had on record. And we can... We can understand why there's lots of, of reasons for it, but we're going to talk about that in booze and banter over on locals here in a few minutes because it's not good guess which guess which branch by the way had the lowest grade i'm not going to tell you here you got to come to booze and banter to see but it's it's concerning folks we are not in a good situation are we still the best country on the planet hell freaking yes we are do we still have the best people fighting for us absolutely we do but do we have the right leadership and direction, the right strategy employed at the Pentagon and across D.C. at our three-letter agencies, our intel community, et cetera, at the White House? No, 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 we do not. It is not good. We are not in the position to take on these big foes like we were before. We can be again, but we're not right now, and it's concerning. We'll talk about those. We'll talk about Tulsi Gabbard. We'll talk about other stuff. Anything you guys want as well, you can send over your questions and booze and banter. It'll be right here sending over the link. We hope you have a good rest of the day. If you can't join us, we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Be safe. Be smart. Be free. You've just heard Drew Berquist. Tune in weekdays on every major podcast provider or on DrewBerquist.com.